Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Spokesperson for the American College of Emergency Physicians. She's Dr. Lee. And the Dr. Lee Vinoker Show. Hi, and welcome to the show, Health from the Outside In on Radio MD. Um, my first guest, a very interesting topic, the school year's just beginning. And for parents out there, we um, know the agony of the lice that occur during the school year. So um, my guest, Dr. Kayung Yoon, is assistant professor at Southern Illinois University in Edwardsville. He's an environmental toxicologist, and he works on insecticide resistance. So welcome, Dr. Hewn. Thanks for, thanks for being on the show. Hi, how are you? Thanks for inviting me. Good. So a very interesting thing, you know, we hear about lice every year. Parents, it's quite the bane when it happens to your kid. Um, you itch just thinking about it. But now there's something out there called super lice. Uh, so tell us a little bit about this. Yes, uh, uh, we've been using this over-the-counter product, um, which is dominating um, the market, um, uh, which contains the pyrethroids or the natural pyrethrins as uh, in active ingredients. And these two natural uh, and synthetic compounds are um, working at the same target. And when we uh, use this uh, a lot, then, uh, you know, the lice uh, developed a uh, resistance to it. Yeah, um, because, I mean, like everything else, we just, we can't outwit these these critters. It happens with antibiotics, we're seeing that, and, um, you know, now we're, we're seeing it with lice. Um, so, but one of the things is, um, so what types of, th- these are, Certain compounds, they've been around for a long time. They're relatively safe. Is that why they're over-the-counter? Yeah, that's correct. Um, when it's introduced in uh, early 90s in our country, um, because it's it's a relatively safe compound um, and um, it's it has also the high efficacy towards the uh, insect pest, that's why we start using it. And um, uh, since... They, the lice developed a, a resistance. Uh, we had a, a very hard time finding uh, equivalent other uh, types of chemicals. Um, that's why uh, it was still used. I mean, uh, we, we are still using it over the counter. Yes. <laughs> well, how many states? It's not in every state. These resistant um, uh, lice or super lice, as they're called. So, how many states are we seeing uh, where there's resistance? Well, the current study that I was able to uh, present uh, several weeks ago uh, is still ongoing study, and uh, I just, uh, uh, you know, presented a uh, preliminary data uh, that we're focusing on collecting large uh, number of populations throughout the. Um, you know, uh, 48 contiguous states, and uh, I was able to present um, uh, the data, the data based on uh, collecting uh, lice populations from 30 different states, and then according to our uh, analysis, um, out of 30, uh, 25 states, uh, the lice collected from these, these lice are completely uh, uh, saturated with resistance allele. Hmm. 
That's interesting. And it, it's a, it's a lot of kids. I mean, right? It's anywhere up to 12 million kids every year, um, get a lice infestation. Right. Um, uh, it's, it's also estimated uh, about 8% of total school kids in the United <laughs> States. And, you know, and let's tell people, I mean, it's an infestation, it, it's a nuisance, but the good news, as opposed to ticks and things, you know, lice are pretty safe, right? They, they're they annoying, but they don't really cause any diseases that we know about. Right. Head lice, um, uh, they don't transmit disease. At least uh, uh, we don't have any um, the medical report that uh, this uh, insects transmit the disease. But very similar body lice, uh, they transmit uh, three different uh, bacterial diseases. Hmm. So head lice is a different, is it a different um, type of insect, I guess, as opposed to body lice? Uh, that's an interesting question. Uh, <laughs> so evolutionary biologists believe that uh, um, head lice evolved from body lice. I mean, the body lice evolved from head lice. So they are uh, distant uh, uh, ecotypes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're, they're they're a little closer than cousins, but uh, um, it, it has a, a separate enough time, so they have uh, uh, different uh, phenotypic characteristics, and then disease transmission is one of the different characteristics. Uh-huh. And, you know, people in the, you know, some parents get squeamish. They say, oh, does it mean my kid's dirty? And it really doesn't because it's that beautiful, soft, no chemical hair, you know, never been dyed, never been permed, you know, little children's hair that's just soft as silk. That's that's what they seem to love. Right. So head lice infestation um, is not associated with social status or the economic status of people. Well, that is good to know. Now, there's also something um, going on, you know, in the past there, you know, after you did the shampoo and killed them, then you would, you know, there's a whole business, a cottage industry in big cities like New York or where you take your kids to these special um, salons almost and they nitpick with these tiny combs, you know, hence the saying in English, nitpicking. Um, but... Uh, they're finding that maybe that isn't even helpful and maybe this no-knit policy, like you can't bring your kids back to school with knits, which are eggs, right, potential? Yeah, right. Uh, so those professional no, uh, the knit pickers, um, they're uh, pretty efficient um, uh, doing their jobs. <laughs> but if you are average parent, then uh, it's going to be very, very hard to uh, uh, do the knit picking through the, uh, you know, combing processes. Mm-hmm. Um you know, if you visit one of their clinics, um, um, these professional nitpickers, they don't even use any uh, product. Um, they just use either the regular shampoo or, or the even a little bit of oil. And they're, they're very, very efficient removing the lice and uh, nits. Uh, but uh, if you are average, you know, parent uh, after the long day of work, and then when you come back home, <laughs> and then you found out that uh, your kids were invested, and then you're running down to the drugstore getting this over-the-counter product, and try to follow this instruction, it's going to be very, very hard. <laughs> So then, so some schools are are getting rid of the no net policy. I know the pediatricians have sort of come out 
and said that. And there are prescriptions that people are using, right? But it's this, it's this di- balance of, okay, you're going to put a more toxic chemical on my child for something that doesn't really cause disease, just a nuisance. So it's hard to, to weigh that. Right. So there's a, a, a lot of argument for, for the fact. And, um, that this new uh, prescription-based product is uh, very efficacious, and then our recommendation is to use mixture strategy rather than use single compound over and over time. It'll uh, just, uh, uh, you know, uh, insects will develop resistant to any particular chemical if you use over and over again pretty fast. Oh, so sometimes the -the over-the-counter, sometimes the prescription, like the Lindane, that's good. And I have to ask you one thing because I've read about this and heard. Because we only have a minute. Can you just cover your kid's head with mayonnaise and essentially suffocate the lice because of the thick oil and grease for a while? Uh, I don't think so. We've um, <laughs> uh, done these uh, things in the, in the lab. I, I don't think um, it's going to work. Uh, lice are pretty good at um, uh, um, just uh, closing their spiracles. So uh, it's going to be very, very hard. <laughs> okay, so so much for the mayonnaise thing because you know we're always trying to go green uh, these days. But uh, I want to thank my guest. Very interesting is a nuisance. Uh, just remind your kids: no sharing hats or helmets during sports. This is the Dr. Lee Vinoker Show. It's health from the outside in on Radio MD. Stay tuned into your health.